0: Welcome to another episode
1: of Sideline Sounds and Three Team Parlays. Hell yeah, brother!
0: I'm Crouchy. He's Oj. We got a great show today, Oj.
1: Episode 21. Episode 21. We got a lot of topics. This could be our best one of the summer. Yeah, I would say so. I think this uh, couple interesting things we got to right at, right out the get go here to discuss. So let's get into the Home Run Derby. Did What's you, your thoughts on that? Did you watch it? I watched. You know, I wasn't going to watch any of it, and this is actually the first year. I can remember that I never watched one pitch of the all-star
0: game itself. Not a pitch. I didn't either. And usually I've always, I take that back. I went to bed and I saw the last inning. I saw the last couple outs. Yeah. Usually I've, well, we had company over at
1: Urkula camp there that night. So I was, wasn't inside, but yeah, I didn't watch any of it. And the Derby though, I, one of my kids was texting the night before when that was going on and kind of made some comments about him watching it and thought it was pretty cool. And I said, it's overrated and wasn't going to do it. And then I turned it on toward the end and watched, uh, vlad guerrero jr go off and and win the thing so it was kind of cool i know they've changed the rules on that quite a bit since you know back in the
0: day but yeah i think the big thing is you have your own pitcher. remember when that either sold mcguire thing and the guy couldn't throw strikes and it was just turned into a gong show right i watched i didn't even watch you the kid get smoked by that ball yeah i did oh (laughs) right you got to keep your head if you're gonna play you i mean running they're they're bitching about him for hitting the kid if you're going to be in the outfield, uh, yeah. you got to have a plan. Oh, I, I feel bad for the kid. I th- I believe the kid is okay, but you don't feel bad for him. I do. You ever get hit in the face with the ball? No. Looks like it, but yeah, that freaking hurts. <laughs> Just kidding. My Mike is adorable. Um, I watched the beginning. I'm gonna and I thought the highlight of the whole and Vlad Guer- Guerrero Jr. winning it, awesome. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. You have father and son so there when his it, dad right. did it, right? And I like go. both those guys. I really do. But to me. The Rushman kid was the most impressive thing. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the beginning of that? I did not. Okay, so and I, I just flipped it on. I'm like, I'm gonna give this a chance because, as you said, it's overrated, and that's, it, it, I can go either way with it. But I don't even know where does he play. Plays for Baltimore. Okay, yeah. That's so right. he comes up, and another cool thing I think with this is he has his dad pitching to him, mm-hmm. and they've obviously practiced. I mean, w- you're on the clock, so like the dad's firing him. He's reloading. They're going. They're not sitting watching him. And I mean, they they had a plan. And he comes up and he's batting lefty and he smokes 20 of them, which is pretty damn good. Right. Right. And then if you hit hit two of them more than 450 feet, I think you get a, get some Points. bonus bonus time. Oh, time. So he goes through his set, first set and he hits two of them. So he gets an extra 30 seconds. They take a quick break. You know, they, the kids come out and tell him off. And, and then he turns around and bats right handed and smoked seven out of eight pitches. Right-handed for a total of 27. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't watch any of that. That's, that's impressive as hell. And then, he, and then he got beat. And I, I think he won again. Did he go against Vlad Guerrero? Has or anyone one?
2: done that? I don't Did know.
0: You? I thought, I was like, what the hell? Because they said he was batting lefty because it was a shorter porch. I'm like, okay. And the dad was throwing him low and inside. And he was smoking him out. And then he turned around in the bonus round to bat right-handed and smoked seven out of eight. Yeah, that's impressive. So, not to overshadow the, the guys that actually won it, but I thought that was pretty cool. No doubt. What else? Well, we're gonna hit the northwestern topic here. No, we discussed it a little bit last week, and things have changed wow. drastically since then. Boy, it's life, and it's not a good day, a good time to be in Evanston, Illinois, is it? Plus, the baseball coach got fired. Yeah. Obviously, last week we were talking about Pat Fitzgerald under fire, and since then, like actually the day our podcast came out, I think he got fired that next day, didn't
1: yeah, he? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I, here, so here's my first question:
0: Why haven't we heard anything about any of these kids? Are we going to? Well, I heard something. I listened to a a different podcast and the whistleblower is a kid who transferred. He was a quarterback that transferred out. Okay. So right off the bat, axe to grind, correct? Sure. Again, without knowing all the situation. That's they did they I heard the kid's name. I think he's a quarterback. I forget where he transferred, but he was one that brought this up. I'm talking about the kids that actually were involved in the hazing. Well
1: I mean, so they investigated the whole situation and they came to an agreement that during the investigation Pat Fitzgerald knew nothing of right what this was, was independent this
0: was not their Correct. own
1: people this was some law firm or whatever so how does that make you feel regarding
0: the whole situation knowing that he did not know okay well i'm going to give you a chance here first cuz i got some pretty strong opinions on this should he have been fired well
1: when costanza was having sex with the cleaning lady on his desk during the episode of seinfeld george got fired the ceo didn't Okay. okay. I, you know, I I I get it somewhat, but I think uh it's it's just Yeah, you're supposed to know exactly what's going on in your program. You are the one in charge. How can you possibly know everything? Okay. I'm going to give you my spiel here. Also, he's going to get some money from them too. They don't I don't think they got a lawyer right now and he's owed 42 million, which something like not going to get all yeah. of it, but He's going to get some cash from Northwestern. So, And I know we've had some people ask us about, um, you know, is this going to ruin his career? I don't think it does. I think that investigation coming out, knowing that he did not know what was going on or proving that he did not know what was going on is going to help him down the road get a job, maybe an assistant somewhere. But I think uh, I feel bad for Fitzgerald. I get it. You know, if you're in charge of a program, then you got to be the one to make sure these kinds of things don't happen
0: but how the hell can you he possibly know everything that goes on well I, i'm a big pat Fitzgerald fan i like watching him his teams play so damn hard they're just not they're just not as talented right yeah it's a tough school to recruit there and it's not yeah unfortunately for him they have a great journalism program right exactly but i i think he had to be fired whether he knew or didn't know and i honestly don't think he did okay and first of all if If you're a coach and there's stuff going on that's that kids are naked and they're getting tormented and you and you do know you should be arrested so i I just can't see Pat Fitzgerald knowing that all that nonsense with the naked whatever the hell they're doing with the kids making them get naked and stuff right so i don't I don't think he knew that as far as the hazing stuff goes it, I mean guys we got to move on from this why do we get make kids get naked and humiliate them I don't understand that. Now, if you want to make the older kids carry the pads, you want to make the kids sing song, that's part of that's part of the deal, right? You've been on buses your whole life. Where do the older kids sit? They sit in the back of the bus, right? There's rites of passage and things like that. And then I'm, and again, I'm not opposed to like having the, you know, we used to, before we had a, a, sh- a shed at the field, the freshmen all, always harried, carried the dummies down. Is that hazing? Oh, I think it's kind of a rite of passage. I don't think there's, I think there's certain things that are just part of a program team building you know, respecting like that. But when you're, like one guy described, they had the guy at the beginning of the shower standing there naked swinging his meat, whatever they call it, the helicopter. Like, I don't understand that stuff, and I think that stuff is ridiculous. Well, again, what... So, obviously,
1: this stuff has come out, and there had to have been players' names mentioned. I've only heard the one name. I'm... I don't know. So... To, to me... I get it, I get it, I get it,
0: but I, I think some of these players have to be held accountable for some of that well, stuff. Well, last week, you and I – Get them off the team. Well, here's the thing. and We talked about this. Someone, one of our tens of fans asked us about captains and leadership. You know, part of this, you and I have been coaches for years. Is there stuff that went on that we don't know about? Probably, right? But part of your, the environment of your program is the leadership and the accountability that the older kids and right. your, your captains take charge of. So I I think part of that, like you said, falls on... on Or what about about grad assistants? There there has to be
1: somebody that knew something and didn't... Or did you just come up to, you know, secretly on the side, tell Fitzgerald that some of this is going on and he did nothing maybe? Easy to deny it, right? But you have grad assistants. I just don't understand how none of this gets out
0: to where these kids can get punished. And he's the only coach that got fired. Like I said the head coach is not the one monitoring the locker room it's a grad assistant a limited earnings guy it's are they are they they say that it's something that's been consistent through the years or is this a one-year deal i think it's happened over time is the way i I and again some of the stuff is whatever team building things like that if you know kids want to shave their heads or they want to do skits whatever some of that it can be is fun right you're not you're not doing it to just humiliate them but making kids walk around naked and do that crap, that's crossing the line. And here's and here's why I think that he had to be fired in the fact that the lifeblood of college football is recruiting. And Pat Fitzgerald walks into your living room and is recruiting right. your two sons and use in and he's in, and he and it comes up. If he doesn't know about it, that's a bad look. If he does know about it, and it didn't do nothing that's a bad look I don't think he can win in that deal yeah and and I think he has why he has to that's a
1: good point I I still think he's gonna he's gonna come out of this okay you know I think down the road he'll be he'll find a job whether it's in the NFL or getting another shot collegiately somewhere I think he'll come out okay and I think he's gonna get some money in the court and when all the hearings are done and and uh, the lawsuits are done. I think he's going to come out there okay too. Yeah, I agree. He's going to get he's going to get paid out.
0: And whether that's the, there'll be some settlement, right? It's yeah. not going to be forty-two million. It won't be as be... much as you and I make as teachers, but he will. He'll come out smelling like a rose. And I, I think he's going to the NFL. You know, we have we had somebody sending us question this week about this. I think Pat Fitzgerald's has been going to go to the NFL. He's been toying he's been with been it for years. for years, yeah. Right. It if nothing else, it's a good buffer from to get away from this this black eye in Evanston, Illinois. And, and I think it'd be, do well in the NFL. Yeah, I do too. And, and again, it's, I, I am, a I don't want to just be bash on the guy, but I, cause I am, I do like him. I think it, you know, the, it's a feel good story with him being at his alma mater. I mean, you remember that Rose bowl run that they had and he was two time player of the year in college football.
1: I think he so. He may have been, yeah. You know, and then the well, 20, what is that? 26 years, something like that. Yeah, as a player, grad assistant. And coach, and yeah. coach so he's meant a lot to that program he's been there program has obviously meant a lot to him and he's been there a long time but
0: baseball yeah. baseball coach got fired because he's an idiot right yep so here's my next question what happens to the ad and the president at this institution
1: apparently nothing I, I know the kids weren't real happy with the fact that the ad and the president weren't involved in the meeting explaining things right away right they were non-existent right so yeah, I don't know. Maybe the AD. I'm sure the president's not going to go down. Maybe there's be some repercussions with the AD. I'm not well, sure. Well, it's
0: a bad look for your AD right now with your with with the Pat Fitzgerald saga and then this baseball drama. I, I that mean, guy's it, an idiot if you've seen anything with that. But yeah,
1: if you're if we're saying that the person in charge has to go down for what's going on with the football situation, then if you got two coaches that are, you know, this is this has happened under the AD's thumb too, right? Lack of institutional.
0: Cor- control I think is what they call it there you go maybe he's out yeah so anyway let's get on a couple positive things Oj. uh some local things that happened here recently I want to make mention because I know there's people involved in all of this stuff that are actually some of our tens of fans but you ever played guts frisbee before I have not I've watched it
1: it's pretty intense i enjoyed watching it i don't even understand all the rules you might want to explain i bet you some
0: of our listeners have no idea what the hell guts frisbee even is so they had the 65th ift championship which is guts frisbee like originated here up here yeah. right eagle right. river yep Um, and it's na- nation eagle river michigan not wisconsin correct and it's a huge tournament that they hold up here every year they had it at agassiz a few times Yep. um it's held in hancock and for the first time in 25 years we've had a local team win it and that was the shuttle bop Who's is one of the better teams in guts frisbee throughout the country? They've been they've been runners up many times, and that runners up was another local team in the Monte Carlo. And I happen to know we have some some of our tens of fans are members of those teams. But guts frisbee is a very unique game. You it's it's kind of like it's, it, you, you two teams line up and huck a frisbee at each other, and if it gets through the line, you get a point, and if they catch it, they get a point. That's pretty. That's it. Yeah. It, and th- those guys can hum a frisbee. Like you and I play in frisbee. We're just chucking it back and forth, right? Trying to get it so mm-hmm. that we can catch it. These guys are spinning around, jumping and, fu- and they're yeah. like, it's kind of like throwing. How far apart are they? I forget. Is it 20 yards? Something like that. But there's lines. I've watched it a number of times. Um, my son actually plays, plays this stuff. I've actually played it myself. It's a, it's fun. It's a great thing to watch. And these guys take it pretty serious and they had it on the news and the, um, shuttle Bob got to drink they have a huge cup trophy like the stanley cup and they all got to drink out of it okay yeah well
1: i saw the read the report on it a little bit and certainly well aware that it's a popular event here but like i said i don't i'm guessing some of our listeners have never heard of a guts
0: frisbee Well i you're probably right but i know we have a couple of kids on those teams that are avid listeners of our podcast and congratulations to the shuttle bop you know, great win. Also on the local scene, um, Twilight League, the Leo Rocher tournament last weekend. Yep. And Garnett Garage defeated Caldwell Banker. This is uh, our local hard, hardball league, correct? Right. And Leo Leo de Rocher was big time with the Twilight League, arguably the best player that ever played in the Twilight League and his family has been big with it. They hold it out the Stanton ball field. I actually remember when, when Leo passed away, Leo passed away at home plate in a Twilight League game, which it's very unfortunate and also very fitting, but really, yeah, he did. He just, I, I was a huge fan of Leo and, uh, his family put together this tournament 20, 25 years ago, 23 years ago. Um, they hold it out there. It great turnout. If you like teams most, from all over, yep, right? they do you get a lot of, large, large number of teams that come in from out of state and whatnot. So, yep. And Garnet garage, which happened to be the team that I was been affiliated with the last couple of years under, uh, and I, and I know their player manager, Mr. Kevin Boswick, is a huge fan of our show. Those guys have had a great run, bunch of young young high school, just out of high school kids playing um, under the tutelage, or actually despite the tutelage of Joe Romano, these guys are playing really well. So um, <laughs> we'll give mention to the Leo DeRocher uh, champion, Garnett Garage, local baseball. Get out and watch it. It's a, it's really good baseball. It really is. So, all right, that's what we got on the local scene, Oge. And then um, in the last few weeks, I've been – Incorporating some interviews that I had with some local some legendary UP coaches from my travels to the All-Star game, and this week uh, we'll hear from West Irons coach and Mike Brody All right, here with uh, coach Mike Brody from the West
2: Iron County Wicons.
0: coach. how are we doing?
2: Very good, Thank you for having me. Well,
0: um, you've been a coach for a long? How many years have you been coaching now?
2: Uh, I mean, going into my 30second year. My 26th year at West Iron County. So
0: you were in Wisconsin for a few years and then you've been at West Iron for a long, long time. Long time. You've seen a lot of football over the, over the years. Definitely have. What, uh, what are some of the the highlights that you can off the top of your head from your coaching career? I'm sure there's a lot more highlights than lowlights.
2: Oh, yeah. There's been, you know, most of it's the kids working with these, these kids. It's been a lot of fun over the years, but you know, a lot of big games with, uh, you know, going to the state semifinals up here against Novell. Traverse City, St. Francis coming to West Iron for a playoff game and us beating them on our field. A lot of battles with Jeff Olson in this spring. <laughs> Hematites uh, early in, in district play that uh, we had some really good moments, but the only time we beat them was down in 08.
0: Yeah, and I said, I've said i seen you guys play so many times. We've had a few battles over the years as well, and your kids are always very, very well coached and – you know, execution is is, is flawless. So, uh, what are the, some of the things? You know, you're you're a legend coach. What do you? If if I was a young kid just getting into this game, what are some some advice that you might have for some young young punk getting into coaching and teaching?
2: I'd say probably listen, find somebody um, that you can trust, somebody that's been around, listen to what they have to say, and don't grab bag at everything. <laughs> and defensively, don't get off length.
0: And, and who are some of the people that influenced you to get into this profession over the years?
2: Well, I found out I was hired as a head coach right out of college. And we started off 0-7 and, and ended up 2-7 on the year. And I went back to Tom Wender, Chris Holfer, and Joe Redinger and said, hey, I played college football, but I really know nothing about the game of football. And those guys did so many things to help me along right. the way. And, and those are
0: some names, uh, some hall of fame coaches right now. Uh, we're, we're here at the UP All-Star Game. This You're, you're no stranger this game as well. Um, what are some of your takeaways from this event?
2: You know just the fun and the enthusiasm these kids have and the love they have for the game and that's that's what we need to continue to have in the Upper Peninsula and uh, you know we have a lot of good athletes up here and this is a great showcase for them and it's a great week for them and it's a great week for the coaches.
0: It is and I said it's We're lucky to have such an event. So thanks for giving us a second, Coach, and enjoy the rest of your summer.
2: All right, thank you. This moment
0: in UP sports history has been brought to you by the official apparel provider of SS3TP. Level Up Branded Apparel Specialist is a full-service apparel supplier and decorator in Houghton brendan or sean at level up for all your organization's workwear branded apparel athletic uniforms and custom hats we can handle all your embroidery screen printing and personalization needs visit our website at levelupembroidery.com okay oj today a great moment in up sports history is one that's happened relatively recently in the last few years back it seems like it was sooner than it was but um the date is february 7th 2018 and it happened at the at the wood gym at the sdc on the campus of michigan tech university remember this event i certainly do the uh former sports editor
1: with the daily mining gazette was able to turn what was normally would have been just a good high school basketball game between two good teams into an event
0: that's I mean, Mr. Bryce Derwin that, that you talk to, right? Correct. Who I
1: believe is a listener of the show. He uh, he built this game up, and it turned into an absolute, like I said, an absolute event. That it seemed like the whole Copper Country was there. It was more than the Copper Country. Yeah, it was. It was a what?
0: Where was that during? Well, you said February, right? Yeah, it was in Dollar Bay. Okay, so game, it was scheduled. So if for for tools, those defeated teams, right? For those who may not have a clue what we're talking about. Um, in 2018, Dollar Bay and Ewan were both undefeated in the basketball season. That's Ewan Trout Creek. Right. we got to include Trout Creek, right? Well, it's the name of the school. Anyway. Uh, well, it's also Dollar Bay, Tamarack City, but I just call them Dollar Bay, but I digress. So Ewan was rated number one in the state at the time. Both teams were undefeated. Ewan led by
1: Jake Witt, who we had on our show a number of weeks ago, that is now on the roster of the Indianapolis
0: Colts. Right. I believe Jake was a senior, too, wasn't he? Yes. The, the, it, you went at a young team though, right? right? That's what I remember about this. So this, the to set the stage, this like I said, Bryce got this game, I, and we're gonna give Bryce credit because I don't, and maybe there's other people, but in our mind, Bryce did it. Correct? Oh
1: yeah, he was the one. He built this thing up, and it was it turned into
0: something else. I don't even think he knew how big this was going to get it was the most watched jv game in the history of the copper country i guarantee you that because oh, yeah, that gym was sure. full there was according to the records there was 3,276 people in that gym second most ever in the sdc i believe so and i think the most is an event that you and i'll be talking about at some time right down right. the line but and then when most of those people were there for that jv game because there wasn't reserved seats you had to get a seat and yeah it was uh
1: that was crazy i i,
0: people, I still still amazed
1: at that 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 happened just like I said, a regular high school game between two class D teams and it exploded into a big time spectacle. You know, Wit Wit was obviously you know, the main star for you and Trout Creek and, and the guards on that team were young. I think Borseth might have even been eighth grade. They were young. So
0: the were the eighth grade, but it, it was it was two different it was two contrasting teams, right? Jake was Jake was a man amongst boys, but Dollar Bay was pretty Senior, senior yeah, they heavy. Were, they were. And I think this was the year that they almost beat North Central. I don't. Regardless. Yeah, it, it might have been. I For some reason, I thought,
1: boy, I'm thinking back. Who are, who are the uh, the guards for Dollar Bay
0: other than Schmitz? The, give me the name. Yeah, you know, Schmitz and Janky and Cono yep, Brandon Janky Thompson. Yep. You know, um, those Just guys who Tommy were...
1: Kuznev for ETC was young.
0: Yep. The Boriseth kid was young. Yep. You had contrasting teams. Right? Dollar Bay was the battle-tested because right. they took their lumps when those kids were younger, and then and they were now poised to to make a run. I want to say that was the year that they did. It might have been, yeah. That they almost beat North Central. And they uh they kind of controlled the game early,
1: rattled the UTC kids a little bit. The guards struggled with that pressure from Dollar Bay, and and uh, kind of controlled the game throughout. So it ended up not being just a nail biter down to the wire, which everybody
0: thought. Uh, it was 51 to 42 dollar Bay one. And like I said, it, it didn't Do- seem that close. No dollar Bay was controlled. They had a dollar Bay. And again, I don't know this. I have not talked to Jesse or any of those guys. They had been, they had been preparing for this game for most of the season. They must've had some games on their schedule. They knew they didn't have to work real hard at because they had a game plan for them. I remember And like I said, I swear to God, I, and again, I could be wrong and people can criticize me, but I remember every time Jake touched the ball, like they had a plan for him. If he didn't put it on the floor. And if he did put it on the floor, they had a plan. And, and they they dared those those Ewan Trail Creek guards to shoot, and by the end of it, those kids weren't they weren't even shooting. Yeah, you know it was a tough spot for those young kids. Great experience because obviously that carried over to when those kids got older from Ewan, right? And there they got go. to play in the state finals. So. Yeah, some of those guys were able to play in the finals for sure. So maybe. Maybe not the outcome that the people in you and Trout Creek or the better Kenton area wanted, but I think it <laughs> it did pay off down the road for them and an environment for those kids. Yeah, it was it was certainly a
1: a scene, and it was uh like I said, it was quite an experience for the, the kids on both teams really to play in front of that type of crowd. Yeah, high like school age, that, and regular season game.
0: That's probably the closest that I've seen to the old Hedgecock Fieldhouse that we right. talked about earlier this this year, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and maybe outside the copper country, people won't think it's a a great moment. But as far as I'm concerned, the hell with them. Yeah, to hell with them. That's a great moment in U.P. sports history. There. The next part of our show, we're gonna answer some questions from our listeners. And this part of the program is brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. Projects ranging from custom bars and countertops to cribbage and charcuterie boards. No custom project is too big or too small. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, or at poormansepoxy.com. Contact Brett at 906-369-0684 to get your project started.
1: Hey, boys. Oge, last week, Crouchy commented about a scenario that he was referring to. You paused, repeated the term scenario back to him. Crouchy, what the hell is a scenario? Thanks, boys.
0: Oge, that question came from our uh, faithful listener, Ed from Waukesha. Yeah, apparently he was uh, a little thrown by your use of the English language last week what, what's your thoughts there well we live in a very unique place and we have our own kind of language up here don't we don't we speak our own language it's just a little play on words yeah you know use guys and a oh eh? well, so scenario is a combination obviously of situation and scenario which I just like to you know I teach middle school I got to do these these things like this
1: yeah it threw me for a loop real quick last week but I get it it's part of show business too which obviously Ed from Waukesha is not familiar with or doesn't have any experience with as like we do. So, I mean, Ed,
0: it's not rocket surgery. Figure it out. Beautiful. Hell yeah, brother. All right, Oj, We got one more from Ed. And I don't. he must, he was on a roll this week. It says, boys, pick three apps, appetizers, I assume snack foods, right? That you would order after a three-hour session at the Legion. So we're at the Legion for three hours. Downtown Lake Linden, for those that don't know. Yep. So three apps. So we're gonna, you're, you're there for three hours, and you got to pick some apps. He's got down here chicken tenders, cheese curds, jalapeno poppers, chips and salsa, mozzi sticks, or you get one bag of microwave Orville Redenbach popcorn with no
1: butter. Well, first thing that Ed from Waukesha should realize is if we were at the Legion, there would be no reason to have microwave popcorn because they have the best popcorn in the Tri-County area. Yeah. It's phenomenal.
0: And there's always popcorn in that
1: thing. Yep. So that's a, that's a main, I mean, I I go to that right away when I'm in there. So I don't know Th- these other ones. Do you like, like microwave <sighs> bag popcorn? You know, I, I can hammer through them pretty quick, but I'd rather have it fresh or made a like little air pop or whatever we have that Yeah. probably better than the microwave stuff.
0: You know, like my uncle Larry used to say any port in a storm, but I it's not my, not my preferred popcorn.
1: I'm not a jalapeno popper guy. Um. You know, the chips and salsa, when I, the the ambassador, right? Chips, cheese, and salsa. Why is yep. it so good there? Because you're paying, it's, if it's you're simple. paying
0: overpriced prices, it sounds like. It's so, it's so simple. You know why? But it's that ambassador. The chips are warm.
1: That's the key? I think so. I, the chips are warm. I mean, the salsa is just decent salsa. The yeah. cheese is just normal. But it's that, I think it's the warm chips. So I do like that. Um, sticks. I'm a fan of. Chicken tenders—that's almost more like a meal for me. Yeah,
0: that is a meal for you. So I'm not—I'm not. I'm not I, I just think that if we're if we're at the Legion for three hours and we have popcorn, maybe just have some popcorn as you're as you're there. Maybe have some chips and salsa, just things to snack on, because once you start eating,
1: then it's it's lights yeah. out, right? That, yeah, for sure. The mox sticks are okay, but like I said, it, chicken
0: tenders shouldn't even be on the list. That's like, a dinner. I think moxies and that stuff should just be part of like if you're gonna have a meal. I don't know that those would be part of my appetizer. I think we're going to go popcorn, chips, and salsa. So I think you both, both yeah, agree. we agree with hey? that for sure.
1: All right. Okay. Oh, boy. Scrapyard not happy we got with you, Oj. scrapyard from that worked up last he week. He is not happy with you, Oge. Just clearing up the first half of my music question, which was, Oge, is there more than one way to listen to music, which confused us last week? Yeah, he did not phrase his question very clearly. He's, In our defense. So now he's saying, as someone who has listened to music with Oge just as much as anyone, I felt chastised when I mentioned I liked the beat of a song as he was listening to the lyrics. Did he know
0: you were chastising him?
1: Yeah. He deserved <laughs> it. I was hoping that he would admit on his own podcast that the Oge way is not the only way. I'll admit to nothing.
0: I think anybody that listens to this knows that it, there's Oge's way or the highway. I mean... What, what does Scrapyard want next week? We go listen to the beat
1: at the end of the show. I think there'll be a lot of people waiting for that. You know what they said, the
0: rhythm is going to get you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Scrapyard, it's, yeah, well, we're a few months away from uh, him having to be force-fed my music, and it's it'll start probably week one. So um, I don't know what else to
0: say to that other than he can uh, just deal with it. Boy, our fans, you're kind of hard on our fans, these first couple of questions. But anyway, here's a good one. Last week, David W. had a great Seinfeld question for us. And this one, he has another good one. From the shores of the Menominee River, it's David W. He sounds like he's got his act together. If you suddenly became skilled at music and could play the guitar, can you play the guitar, OJ? I can't play an instrument, nothing. I can't either. It'd be fun. Oh, I know. So if, let's say that we learned that we all of a sudden had skills and we could Play the guitar what famous guitar riff would you play easy mark Knopfler, dire straits salt of swing saltness i i was going through some of these and dire straits was was kind of one of my honorable mentions that's my favorite for sure it is hey yep well i'm looking through three of them and i remember and, and i threw one of them on here and you're not gonna like it but i remember when we were kids I want to say one of my cousins got a guitar, right, because we're going to hit it big. And he was playing a guitar, and he learned how to play the opening to Iron Man by Ozzy Osbourne. You know that one? I do. Right? It's got to be pretty easy to play. So that was one that I think we always toyed with. But then the, another one that I think is a little bit underrated, how about the opening to, to a little bit of Johnny Be Good? Chuck Berry? Yeah. Oh, he could play. That's a good That's a good part, isn't it? That is. Good call. But i think the one that i would want to play the most and it's i, I got to go with guns and roses sweet child of mine who's the guitarist um slash yeah slash
1: it's just such a that's pretty good too yeah i don't know i just I, right away if Knopfler came up for me but yeah you get, that guns and roses one is pretty damn solid also we left out on any of the jimmy page stuff from zeppelin and that but i think the yeah. There, I'll, we, I'll stick with mine. Um, there's a lot of them that we could go through. There is. Crazy God, train. I wish I knew how to play guitar. I do, too. How, how long do you think that takes to learn that? I don't know. There's got to be a YouTube video out there. Maybe That's we fun. could have Brad Parker teach you. I, hey, winters are long up here. I might. And you have I some free time about, in the summers, eh? You can bring the guitar and maybe uh, ease up the scrapyard a little bit there, whining about the lyrics. Play, yeah, play a few tunes.
0: Maybe he could join your band. They should learn how to play steel guitar. Oh, boy. Pedal steel. All right, David W., great question. Next,
1: B-Dubs from Amik. Ah, B-Dubs. As a non-sports person, I appreciate how well-rounded your podcasts are. Thank you. Thank you, B-Dubs. I have learned from the sports talk, but I really enjoy the movie, TV, music, and general topics. That being said, I'd like to ask a literary question. What is
0: the favorite book that each of you have read? She thinks she's going to stump us, doesn't she? Uh, maybe. Now, Oge, I... if you were a gambling man, what do you think would be some of the books that I would have been fans of? Well, I would say right
1: off the bat, I would think most of yours would probably be focused on bios with coaches. Um, stuff like that on the football side of it. So I'm guessing you would have read uh, a number of books with college football coaches, uh, Pat Fitzgerald and how to run a locker room, things like that.
0: (laughs) That's coming out in February. You're you're not wrong. If you go up to my office upstairs, it is packed with books. I have, I've read a lot of books, but much to surprise of some people. And I happen to have my books right here. My favorite book of all time, What does that say, Oge? The Runaway Jury by John Grisham. I was a huge John Grisham fan. And I got a good story on this book. I don't know if I was I've never read that one. I've read some of Grisham's books, but I've never read that one. Oh, that's good. If you've seen the movie, this is the part that pisses me off. This book, Runaway Jury by John Grisham. I bought that book from the bookstore in the mall. I read that book in one day. Really? I couldn't put it down. Could not put it down. It's, it's a great, I'm not going to go through what it is because people have probably seen the movie, but the movie is not like the book. I was actually pissed off when I watched the movie. I was so excited when this I haven't movie seen came the movie. out and they who, just, who started in it? Um, well, what the heck? Um, God dang, I can't think of his name. Who's the, the, the coach from Hoosiers? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah. He's a, okay. he's a big lawyer in there, but. The, the plot line is phenomenal. I read that book in one day, and when that movie came out, I was pissed off. It is—I couldn't put it. You should take it and read it. But I was a big John Grisham fan. Well, I love all the—I mean, the, the. As far as movies go, I love the court scenes. Yeah, the yeah. books are, the, the Runaway Jury and the Firm. The the Firm, the movie with Tom Cruise. That movie sucks too. It just sucks. They yeah. screwed that up. Um, Gene Hackman in that one as well. What's the What's the one Grisham book? and I read this, and I can't, they did the movie, Samuel L. Jackson was in there. He, Time to Kill? Yes, oof, that was Now intense. that one there, that one there, when I watched that in, in the movie theater, I jumped out of my seat and friggin' pump got a fist yeah, pump out of intense. that. that was intense. What else you got here? Well, another thing I said, big John Grisham one, and I don't know what happened to my book, but I, because I was such a whack job back in the day, I have the audio book, another juncture, it's about bleachers. You ever read that? I did. I read the book. It's, it's an easy reading, small book. It's about small town. It always, reminds me of you know a situation that could be back at hometown with, yeah, with our old head coach. You know, It's a lot like Lake Linden. It actually yep. reminds me of Lake Linden. Um, it's a very easy reading book about a small town football program and the dying coach and all that stuff. Fortunately, our coaches that I had are still alive and well, but, um, and I have that on audio. I throw that in the old CD player. And then another one I've been getting into is, a, uh, and this is a good one here. And you don't even know who this guy is. This is guy is steel chance. And he's a personal friend of mine, big fan of our show. I might actually run into him today. Really? Yeah. He's a, a lawyer writing books. If you get the chance to read some steel chance books, um, he's How a, the big, hell do you know, him, I can't say, He's married to my wife's cousin, and oh. we visit with him every year. Well, who knew? I, yeah, I had no but clue. Yeah, Steele's a big fan of ours. So uh, probably a pretty big shock there for you. With uh, You thought I was going to go with, uh, like, a John Gruden book or a Vince Lombardi book, hey? I did. People probably don't realize I have a liter- little bit of literary literary background in me. Very impressive.
1: Top that one, Oge. Well, on the sports side, I'm going to just mention a few. the the My favorite book ever with a the sports theme was war as they knew it. That was the Bo Woody Hayes days. Oh, that's a good one. And it, it touched on, you know, some of the the race stuff and, and, you know, the the rioting and different things going on in the sixties when. And, and
0: Bo Schembechler's book is one of my favorite ones too. If I had to right. go to sports when I'd put that one up there, that's a great book. That's a great call.
1: Yeah. So war as they knew it was my favorite sports book, but I'm going to mention three and. The first two are about total characters, and they were fiction. Um, and one of them was called Tortilla Flats, which is by John Steinbeck. Never even heard of that one. Yeah, so it's a Steinbeck novel, and yes. if you haven't read it, I mean, you'll laugh your ass off. it. it's these characters that he describes in California. It it was it was great. I love that book. Uh, and then on the road, speaking of characters, that was Jack Kerouac's kind of the the hippie days and and these guys uh, just driving around drinking and uh, among other things. But uh, Dean Moriarty and the crew on uh, was very entertaining. I love that book as well. But my favorite, and you being Mr. Social Studies and a little bit of a history buff yourself, my favorite. and the most impressive part of this is the book is over two inches thick.
0: <laughs> no pictures either. And I read this,
1: read this. Uh, <clears throat> no, yeah, there was some pictures. I, they didn't, well, no, no, no. They didn't pop up, did no, no, no. <laughs> this this was read during deer season while in my deer blind, which usually I'm sleeping, and this thing kept me awake, but it was called Undaunted Courage, and it was, uh, I think Stephen Ambrose was his name, but that's a book about Lewis and Clark. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, I know you're a big Lewis and Clark fan. That, that book was, uh, it was d- damn good. So, those are my three. Undaunted Courage is my favorite. and. uh for certainly the only book I've ever read that was more than two
0: inches thick, so. How about Crouchy and Oge giving some advice on the world of literature? Yeah, well, you ask questions, we got answers. People thought we were so shallow when they realized that. We're not making this stuff up either. I physically have my books right here. I did my homework. All right, great question, B-dubs, great answers from us, too. Moving right along. All right, Jesse 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 from Appleton,
1: I was just reading up on the new NBA in-season tournament scheduled for this upcoming season. I really don't see the point of it. You get two home games, two away games, then based on your record from your pod, you advance to a single elimination tournament. To me, it makes no sense. Plus, it's being done
0: way too early, in my opinion. Thoughts? Don't do it. It's stupid. Waste of time. I don't even, waste. I don't even want to waste time talking about this. Why are we having a tournament in-season? Well, other sports have done it, and it's been, you know, the, what sports? Uh, doesn't soccer do it? Care so we're talking the four major sports. This is a waste of time. This is this is another example of why the regular season is absolutely useless. So in let's the NBA. just keep everything the same all the time. Let's never try
1: anything different. Why don't we get we can... get get your players to play? The NBA is having issues right now with load management. They're having issues with this, with this, and that. I love it. Why not? Why not do something a little bit different? Did you want? Uh, how did you feel when they did interleague play in baseball? I loved it. So you didn't mind some change there? Nope.
0: I like it. Okay. I loved it. It's just It's something different. But they're still playing the game. Why are we – this tournament is useless. It's just going to show how useless the NBA regular season is. No, they got to try something. Well, how about you only pay the guys at the games that they play? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't like it. I do like it, and I'm glad they're trying something different to, to you know – Turn things around a little All bit. Right. there. So. We got a
0: couple more from our friend Jesse here. How do you? Why are NBA summer league games playing? NBA summer league teams playing zone because they're allowed to. They play zone during the. Are you season? watching the some summer leagues? No, I'm not either. Again, NBA. Well, I don't know why he's watching it. Though. I don't either. There's got to be something better. I know it's a tough time of the year, but I haven't. Been, I haven't watched a second of a summer no, league. I got new. No, and and I'm to be honest with you, I'm sick of listening to it. I don't care that Victor Hemonduba, whatever, only played in two games. Who gives a bri- – it's Summer League. Well, you almost swore there.
1: I did? Yeah. Um, I they can play zone. I mean, they, they play, it's part of the NBA
0: now. Why not?
1: The yeah. difference does it make what they play? I actually
0: would recommend maybe during the season next year they can ask some NBA questions, but why are we talking about the NBA in July? Well, things are, things are per- apparently dull in Appleton these mm-hmm. days too. Well, he's got one more that just came in. And he just wants to know, you're running to first base, close play, going to be very close. Do you slide or do you run through it?
1: I have never been a big fan of sliding into first. I don't know if that – I, to me, I've always thought running across the, the bag is what you got to do. Um, does the
0: sliding get you there? Does it make the call tougher? Is that part of it? I don't know. I, I, I live by the notion there's things in baseball that you just don't do and don't you don't slide into first. Is it an instinct? I mean, oh, you're running the hundred-yard dash and we're neck and neck. Do you dive at the finish line, or do you? No, judge? but I'm
1: one. Like, it, do you think part of it is it makes the call tougher on the umps? You got replay now. Because when you're a first base ump, you're just you're listening for the you're watching the foot hit the bag, right? And you're listening for the pop of the ball going into the glove,
0: right? To make those calls. But with replay, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I don't ever see a situation or a, a, a scenario where you slide into first. I mean, unless you're getting back, and if you're going to, make sure you have a big oven mitt on your left oh, hand. Yeah,
1: make, make that call even tougher. Yeah, see if you can put that on out of your pocket as you. Yeah, as you're going down the first. Now that'd be
0: impressive. That would be. What if you dropped it? Do you go back and get it? I can't imagine you'd be safe if you did, but yeah. anyway. I did, like I said, you watch guys that are running sprints; they don't don't slide across the finish line. Because if that was the case, at the. When, we're, when you and I are talking track and walk, watching sprints, the guys would be diving across I the
1: think place. it's an instinct thing i don't th- you know I don't think guys it, it just has your bust in it down that line, and they know it's going to be a close call. I just think it's instinct to try to dive down
0: and get to yeah. the bag. i I don't think it's being coached no I think, I think you're co- i think from the coaching side of it, you run through the bag, right, but just make sure you turn into fall territory all right, Jesse, thank you <clears throat> I guess Yeah, thanks jess Keep up the good slightly above average work. Paul, Paul is
1: back from oh, Boise. Really, Howdy, boys as longtime coaches. Did you ever have dis- disciplinary problems with players, and if so, how did you handle them? Were parents ever an issue? Did you ever have any? If
0: you coach long enough, you always do, right? But sure. Yeah, I mean, we always had some. I don't think we ever had major things, but it just. I said, part of handling discipline is preventing it ahead of time. I would
1: always have, try to have good conversations with my team leaders, you know, my captains, and putting some pressure on them to make sure that they keep their thumb on some stuff going on. If and, you get the right leadership, you know, they're, they, that they should be able to help you with that a little bit. Um, this goes back to I've words, kicked kids out of practices. I've not a lot, but I've done it. Um,
0: that usually cleans things up for a bit. A lot um, of times things like you said, it goes back like we talked earlier with with the northwestern stuff and what we've mentioned in the past. leadership if if you have strong leaders, a lot of this stuff just takes care of itself. I never had a lot of kids talk back, um, anything like that. Not that to, no, motivated. and I said is there kids bitching behind my back? probably.
1: same with you, but you get after kids mostly if they're you know <laughs> you see effort being an issue. But like we've always said, you know, you're better teams when you don't have to – coaches shouldn't have to uh, coach motivation, coach effort, right? Yep. You should just – those kids go out there, give that effort, and shouldn't need to get on them for that. But, yeah, there's always been some I do instances. got one here,
0: Oge. Now I'm thinking of one here. I had a kid, and I'm not going to mention names. I'm not even going to mention teams and stuff. But we had a kid one time, um, and, and I it was not called in a game. It was – I I did not see it. Nobody saw it. I noticed it watching film on Sunday. And it was on a in there's a a play, I was like a punt or some useless play. And and one of our kids took a cheap shot at a kid from another team. Was not called, was not
3: I did not it, it. I
0: saw it on film after, and it was egregious enough where I, I suspended a kid for a game. I said, This is not who we are, we're not gonna do this. It's good for you. And and we had a big game coming up where we had to win to get in the playoffs and I suspended the kid, I explained to the team why it was. I explained to that kid why it was, and he had to do things the right way to stay on the team and and he did we up had a huge upset that next week but i th- I think you got to be consistent whether you can't tolerate it right i i love the the quote you're either coaching it or letting it happen mm-hmm. For so sure.
1: parents i i i rarely sorry rarely had issues with uh parents I'm sure there was plenty of times where they got in the car after the game and complained about what I did or didn't do or as far as their their son's playing time or whatnot, but that's that's part of it, right? Um, but I, I had never – I can't even think of an instance that I had to sit down and deal with parents, uh, try to take care of that right away at the beginning of the season too with your team. Um, you know, I want to talk to the players first before dealing with parents and if they got issues, hopefully they, they keep it to their own – living rooms and, and not bring it to our team to create
0: issues or destroy you know destroy what we have going so I'm with you like I guess I don't remember any I remember talking to two parents one time the mom was upset because her son didn't get in the game and I explained to the mom that he told the son wasn't feeling good didn't want to go into the game right. so that was why um, I actually a funny story I had a kid one because obviously we only had some years we only had 14 guys right so playing time was never really yeah. an issue and I did have one parent one time as we were In the fifth quarter of the legion go don't you think there's any anybody better than so-and-so that we could put him out there he was saying that we should play somebody over his son because his son was playing both ways and too much and didn't know if he could handle but other than that i don't think i can't even think of any major i said people bitching behind the scenes i'm sure but but part of it is you know you and i both were parts of programs that were respected had success did things the right way and i think parents trusted us right. with their kids right a little different
1: is your younger coaches coming in and and people not knowing or familiar with a coach i think maybe there's some more issues that will stem from that but when you've been at it long enough and the community knows what what's going on and knows what to expect i don't probably takes care of
0: a lot of that right there yeah and being being consistent and and going through so great questions from our listeners again this week Today in history, Oj, today in sports history, again, pretty slow time of the year, but today there's something kind of cool that happened. July
1: 17th, 1941, what happened? Well, we're pre-World War II here, aren't we? I wonder if some people are trying to take a guess right now at what we might be discussing.
0: July 17th, 1941, Joe
1: DiMaggio, 56-game hitting streak, came to an end in Cleveland, which is still a record. Yep. Right. It, One of the great sports records of all time. We both agree
0: it's un, unbreakable. I would say so. So, yeah, Joe DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak so came to an end. Who would have who known, hey? What else you got? Well, how about in 1961? Uh, Ralph Boston. Do you know who Ralph Boston is? I do not. He set the U.S. long jump record at 27 feet, two inches. Wow. 1961. Yeah. And. Which, well, I think that put him at, put the Americans in, in, I don't know who he had surpassed, but um, do you know what the long jump record is today, world record? Um, I'm going to take a guess and say somebody hit 29 feet. 29 feet, four and a quarter inches, and that was American by the name of Mike Powell. I remember him. Yeah, he's right in our wheelhouse. I think he set that in yeah, – nineteen. I think I think that record was set in 1991. Ah, very good. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, so those are some things in – Good stuff. History. Good stuff. Um, We're going to do some numbers. This is going to be the last one. We're good with that? We've been kind of pounding this book, Greeny's book, Got Your Number, but – Yeah, I'm fine. We were going to end this, but – and I went through the 40s today, and there's just some on here that are pretty iconic. And I think we have to at least – you know, I make me feel better about at least mentioning. Sure. So 41, Greeny gives it to Tom Seaver.
1: Yeah, um, certainly one of the great pitchers
0: of all time. Probably going to be the top 10. Probably probably a little underrated in my opinion even, hey? Right. Um, other people that were number 41, Dirk Nowitzki, Glenn Rice. Yeah, you can't. I mean, Dirk. Dirk maybe, but I think I don't see how they can – Compete against Seaver. Oh, that was pretty good. Now, 42, God, this is a tough one, too, because 42 is Jackie Robinson. Right. He's got to get it. Right. Is that, I think 42 has been retired by every MLB team? Yep. Okay. And there's obviously a couple other people that could be worthy of that number, hey? Yeah,
1: number three on the list here,
0: Mariano Rivera, greatest closer of
1: all time, probably. Right? I mean, yeah. You can argue him. Um, Ronnie Lott. God. Was there anyone what better? A, what a safety. Oh. oh,
0: Is he the one that cut his finger off? Total pain in the ass, boy. He was good. Is he the one that yes. cut his pinky off yep. so he could play? Yep. My type of guy. Um, James Worthy. But you, you can't argue the Jackie Robinson thing, Hey, eh? The impact that he's no, had for sure. to this day. 43 is listed. Richard Petty. Another NASCAR guy. You know him? I do. Um,
1: I don't know how you, well, you got Troy Palomalo and Dennis Eckersley listed with him.
0: God, Both that's good. a weak number. It is. But Richard Petty was a good good driver. Yeah. 44 is another one that, God, there's some. You know, Green, Greeny gives it to Hank Aaron, and how can you argue that, eh? Yeah, Hammer and Hank.
1: Henry Aaron's got it for sure. Well, speaking of pain in the you-know-what. One of the
0: greatest face masks of all of the
1: NBA. Being NFL. a Cowboy fan and as a young kid growing up, it was, I found no pleasure in watching John Riggins hammer over the top of us man, i loved man.
0: watching him would he was he a load? did he ever make a cut not that i remember <laughs> um a couple others on there pete maravich the pistol yeah i mean he was part of our show one of our previous podcasts and then i just threw it on there because of it he obviously couldn't get it but boz <laughs> oh boy yeah
1: bosworth he was the the iconic moment of bo jackson running
0: over him into oh the end zone. yeah but as a when he was in college, oh yeah, I mean there had to be kids in you that shaved shaved the numbers in the side of the head, colored the lines in there. Uh-huh. Hey, so far we're right on par with Greeny, aren't we? Forty-five, only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Did you know that? I did, which is impressive because in the recent years we've had some younger people win the Heisman. But Archie Griffith out of Ohio State won back-to-back Heisman's. Never had a great pro career, nope, but he was a stud. And that, only one to win the Heisman twice. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that is. Tebow didn't. I don't think so. Wait, no. We'll have to double check on that one. But
2: you if go back. If to
1: we're like,
0: wrong on that, we're going to be hearing from some of our tens of listeners. But oh well. Yeah, whatever. But you know, you look at people that like recent years that have won it. They were freshmen and they never didn't win it again. And right, i was still disappointed they gave that to Johnny Football. But you know, Bob Gibson, Pedro Martinez. How about Michael Jordan when he made his comeback? You remember that? I do. Yeah, you were 45 there. Bob Gibson would be a good one. I mean. I would. I I like Bob Gibson. But... Notch
1: over Pedro. Um, yeah, Archie Griffin. I I hate to just keep agreeing
0: with Greeny all the time I know, here, but I'm not if, gonna if you win the Heisman twice, it's yep. yours, right? 46. Oh, boy. Babe Dedrickson? You ever heard of Babe Dedrickson? Oh, I have. Um. I don't even know how, how do you describe her. She was Just an olymp one Olympic gold medals and
1: then she, became w- a golfer.
0: De- yeah. Was she decathlete, decathlon, decathlete? Yeah, she was a track and field star, and then became a golfer and lit up the women's golf. Maybe season. other
1: things too, right? Yeah. So I she won thirteen consecutive in nineteen forty six golf tournaments in nineteen
0: forty six. Yeah. Jeez. And that's coming off the Olympics.
1: Yeah, that's. Hard to argue that one. Yeah. What an athlete. Lee Smith
0: and Herm Edwards, that's a good one. Yeah, not a lot of people there, but, I mean, probably a female that was way ahead of her time. Yeah, for sure. Okay, 47. Greeny gives it to Jack Morris. Our Tiger fans will appreciate that. Probably our Twins fans, too. That's true. Won a World Series with both of them, correct? Yeah, he beat the Braves. Oh, that's right. Um, I always loved Jack Morris. When he pitched for the Tigers, especially. I didn't like him when he was pitching against the Braves later in his career. But did he
1: throw more than one no-hitter? I, I think know he, he threw did.
0: one against the White Sox. He was – I'd have to look that one up, but he was, he was a dominant pitcher.
1: Yeah, he was great in 84 when Detroit won the World Series. Dominated the – you know, Detroit was so good that year. Yeah. Remember their closer? Guillermo Hernandez? Well, what was his name then? He changed it to Guillermo after. It was Willie. Oh,
0: Willie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. Number 48, back to the car racing. Jimmy Johnson. Again, I don't know much about it, but the names that keep coming up on this are names that I've heard of. I mean, the only other ones on there are Daryl Moose Johnston, Tory Hunter. I like Daryl. I think he does a good job in the in the broadcasting booth. He he wasn't does. much wasn't much of a player.
1: One of the Oh, kidding <laughs> me. That was one of the best Hall of Fame moments, as far as my, you know, favorite players was when Emmett Smith was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and went through thanking whoever, and then stopped and talked about Moose Daryl Johnson and what he did for him. It was well, awesome. Yeah, he should be in the Hall
0: of Fame it, just for it was awesome. He was both of them crying. I mean, it was beautiful. He obviously had a big part of Emmett's success. Yep, um, forty nine. This is a cool one here too, Oj. Rocky Marciano. Did you know that he was 49 and 0? I didn't. That's damn impressive. That's ridiculous. Never so, lost a fight. So Boxer. Jeez. I'm yeah, I'm not even gonna mention the other people because they weren't their secondary. Tim Wakefield. I got a he's knuckleballer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah forty nine and oh,
0: that's that is damn impressive. So so far we're agreeing with everything on with Greeny, hey? I guess. That's why this is how about number fifty? Number fifty, Greeny gives it to Rebecca Lobo. Whatever. The two two I, I, that I did a little digging on: I, Mike Singletary, David Robinson. I could give it to either one of them. I, I Mike Singletary and those eyes on defense. Yeah, that was great. I wouldn't want to look him in the eye and tell him that I'm not giving him number fifty. The Admiral. Lobo was UConn, correct? Yeah, she's she was the was best ever
1: there. You think?
0: <sighs> That'd be a for a women's basketball topic. Yeah. Did that the players that come out of uh, Gino's program. Oh, yeah. She probably is, but, it's man, was she tough. She's in the booth now, too. Yeah, she's things, right?
1: in the booth. All right, sure. good so, stuff. And like I said, we're we're
0: done with it, though. Yeah, we'll get into that. I think we did a good job. We gave Green enough free publicity. Damn right, we did a good job. <clears throat> okay. Now, you mentioned this a couple weeks ago in our, about the Air Jordans. I did. Should we share this story? I think you got to. Okay. Um because we were talking about how number 23 was owned by a certain person and yep in that and so air Jordans. did you ever have a pair of air jordans when you were a kid
1: believe it or not no i had uh (laughs) i went the other way i just i bought the converse cons i was not a jordan fan so i i took the uh black and yellow converse cons really etc colors yeah nice now before you get into this when this situation came Out or it came to mind for you was during the documentary on
0: the last dance. The last dance, correct? All right, go ahead. So we're gonna go back. So Jordan came on the scene in what '86? Sure, like that. And then they and did you ever watch the show on Netflix called Air about how they came about with the shoes? No, you would love that. That that that's phenomenal. Watch that on Netflix. So Jordan comes on the scene and Nike comes out with the Air Jordans, right? Is it the most iconic shoe of all time? Probably. Probably is, right? And they were, it came out in red and black and red and white and black, blah, blah, blah. So that came on the scene and it was a Christmas vacation. And I want to say it was 1987. My parents, we loaded up the car and they took me and my sister to Florida. We were doing the whole Disney World thing and visit some friends and stuff like that. Okay. So we're in Orlando, Florida, and we're visiting friends. And of course, you know, when you're that, in that those time periods, you always got to go to the mall right? Because yep. malls were a big thing. And, and I had some money that I had gotten for Christmas. Did you get an orange Julius? I probably did. And a big pretzel. Yeah. Is Cinnabon still a thing? I have no idea. So we're at some mall in Orlando and there's a Nike outlet store. And I had gotten some money for Christmas from Santa. And I went in and with my own money, I spent $40 on a pair of Air Jordans. They were the red ones with the black swoosh and there was some white. Right, yep. not to just the red and black. Yep. And I wore those. Got back. We got back here, warm for basketball season. Probably helped me average seven point two points per game. Whatever. But and then after that, you know, what you did is you just wore them, right? They were your cool shoes, right? Yeah, for sure. Leaving the top, leaving them untied at the top with your tight rolled jeans and all that nonsense, right? So I wore those shoes after basketball and beat the hell out of them like middle school kids did, right? And they were worn out, but but I kept the box, so whatever long I'll what try made and... you keep the box at that age didn't you keep shoe boxes uh I, I, probably a little bit i mean we maybe put baseball cards in yeah. them and stuff but i anyway i don't think so so i had this box so i put the shoes in there and they were like size seven or eight i was in sixth i was in seventh grade at the time and they just i put them in the attic at my house right in my parents house i had used to have all my stuff up in the attic and forgot about them for a million years and um Right when, right after my wife and I got married, we bought the house in, in town in Lake London, mm-hmm. right? Remember up on 13th Street. And at that time, my parents thought it was funny that they were just hauling all my old crap out of the attic and bringing it over. Sometimes they would even wrap them as Christmas gifts, right? To be funny. Old Sports Illustrated and things that you saved. Just yeah. junk. Well, those Air Jordans made it from my parents' house to my house in Lake London. Christmas time, I grabbed the box, i like... Probably time to get rid of these, right? And I was gonna throw them out, and I'm like, "Eh, I'll just keep them. So there's one time I should have thrown them out, and I didn't. Or my parents should have thrown them out. So now I throw them in the attic at the house in town. Forget about them forever. We buy the house out here on the gay hill, and we're cleaning out the attic. And again, I have this box, and these and these shoes are beat to hell. I'm gonna put a picture. I still have a picture of them. I'm gonna put it up on Twitter today. And we got the dumpster in the yard. We're throwing all our crap away. And I look at them like, you know what, I'm I'm going to keep them. And I threw them in a box and they made it out to this house. You know, we put them in storage. Didn't even know where they were. Right. So that's how many times those things have been thrown away, should have been thrown away since 1987. And then a friend of ours comes over, Miss Megan, and she's talking about this last dance. We're talking about last dance. So what year is that? 2020, 2021? Yeah, probably three years ago. Yeah. And... She goes, you know, people are trying to find these old Air Jordans and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, I got a pair of them somewhere. She goes, well, you should pull them out and try to sell them on eBay. You ever been on eBay? I have. And I start looking, and they're selling these old Air Jordans for like thousands of dollars. So, so I'm like, you threw yours up there. I pull them out. They are beat to hell. They're dry rotted. The bottoms are the, coming through the sole. I sold them on eBay for 600 bucks. Oh, unbelievable! I put them up there. They sold with it within half an hour, hour, 600 bucks. I got for those shoes. I paid 40 bucks for that should have been thrown away numerous times. How many times? Yeah, beautiful was. story. So yeah, take a look on eBay. They're still selling them like that. And I have a picture of them. I'll throw them up on Twitter. But yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy stuff there. Oge. Listen to the lyrics is brought to you by Keweenaw Autobody on Pine Street and Calumet quality collision and body repair since 1966. Free estimates and loaner cars available. All insurance companies accepted. Stop by and check out their used car selection as well. Open 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and 8 to noon on Saturday. Give them a call at 906-337-1203. You can also find them on Facebook. now time for our musical portion of the program, Oj, We did a literary portion earlier, and I got a little treat for you. I got a little music I think you might be interested in today. We'll give you a shot. Oh, boy.
1: What do you think? Well, those of you that have been listening understand that this is uh, part of Croce's daily theme song. How about
0: instrumental? Greatest of all time, maybe? Scrapyard should like that. No he words. probably would, yeah. So, but anyway, we got some listening to the lyrics going here today. And again, I think you got a great song. I think this is well, this is this one is definitely in your top ten, isn't it? Uh yeah, I would say so.
1: It should be in anybody's if you're a country music fan. So this week's song is a choice that has been described by as many as the greatest country song of all time. Bobby Braddock and Curly Putman wrote the song, and it was recorded in 1979 by George Jones. The song describes a man's love for a girl is being so strong that the only possible way it'll end is when he dies. As the story goes, when Jones went into the recording studio, he struggled with the start of the song. After numerous attempts, he finally got pissed off and hollered the first eight words of the song, and it was perfect. But when it was finally done, apparently, as the story goes, Jones looked at the producer and said, there's your song, son, and no one's going to buy that morbid son of a bitch. So as it goes, it ended up being the perfect country song and it had the perfect man to sing it.
3: He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, She still preyed upon his mind He kept her picture on his wall Went half crazy now and then But he still loved her through it all Hoping she'd come back again Yep, some letters by his bed. In nineteen sixty two, he had underlined in red Every single I love you. I went to see him. Just today Oh, but I didn't See no tears All dressed up To go away First time I'd seen him Smile in years He stopped loving her Today Place to reef upon his door, and soon they'll carry him away. He stopped loving her today. You know, she came to see him one last time. And we all wondered if she would And it kept running through my mind This time he's over her for good He stopped loving her today And they'll carry him away. He stopped loving her today.
0: At the Vision Clinic, we provide an array of vision care services. We offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at reasonable pricing. Located at 850 West Sharon Avenue in Houghton, open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Give us a call at 906-482-6800 to set up your appointment now. All
1: right, we are wrapping up episode twenty-one. A couple more things to touch on here. We have a little listener praise. Well, that's nice. Yeah, always nice to get some
0: compliments. So, what's well, said here is we've got a lot of criticisms. old. have we gotten any praise? We get it rarely, but we get it. Well, that's very nice.
1: So this is uh, this is a beautiful little statement here. I love this. As as you're closing in. On the end of season one, I don't think this is much of an exaggeration to say that what the UP All-Star Football game has done for UP football, your podcast is doing the same for UP Athletics. You we We're wow. shining a spotlight on the amazing athletes, coaches, and just overall UPerness that we know and love. Thanks for doing
0: this. Well, you're welcome. Well, that's very nice. Yeah. We are making a difference, hey? Good to hear that. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. That's very that gives me a nice warm fuzzy feeling. That's nice to hear some of our fans appreciating what we do. Um this got tossed in there as well, oh, just says now that Threads is available as an alternative to Twitter, will you be putting SS3TP up there? The hell is Threads? It's I've never heard of that. I'm just figuring out Twitter, so I'm not It's people that are upset with Elon Musk and they kind of created it. I kind of looked at it. I'm not a big fan of Threads. I think uh, I think SS3TP is going to be a Twitter. All right. Whatever. All right. Yeah, well, we're not, we're not dealing with threads. We got enough social media stuff going already, don't we? Um, thanks to our sponsors, Poor Man's Epoxy, Keweenaw Auto Body, Level Up Branded Apparel, and The Vision Clinic. See you, Oj. Talk to you later, Coachy.